Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name is Ebony and we are on day 10 of Black History Month. And this is another espresso. That 15 minutes less on the top of this training training or on my heart and mind. And well, as I've already said, we are coming into day 10. So I might go over that 15 minutes depending on what I'm talking about. And today, well, I am talking about black sitcom representation for HBCU and education in the 90s. Yet, you got it. We are talking about representation. So buckle up, join in. Let's get started. Okay, let's dig in. Let's dig in. Uh, this is going to be slightly a history lesson. Uh, you have to know where blacks were coming from, African Americans were coming from in the past to understand how significant it is to see uh, the level of acceptability of historically black colleges or HBCUs. So, what do we know about historically black colleges, universities in the United States? Well, here's this. Uh, by definition, uh, HBCUs are institutions that were established prior to 1964 with the principal mission of educating black Americans. These institutions were founded and developed in an, in an environment of legal segregation, and by providing access to higher education, they contributed substantially to the progress of black Americans made in improving their status. Okay, so that is... That is historically black college. Um, currently, there are 107 historically black colleges uh, around the United States. Um, I could read you the list, but holy Batman, there's a lot. There are a lot, and it's so amazing to see uh, the amount of historically black colleges, especially by states, um, that are available for higher education. Okay, so a little more on a, a history lesson. So the first HBCUs were founded in Pennsylvania and Ohio before the American Civil War, uh, with the purpose, obviously, of providing black youths with an education. Obviously, they were racially discriminated, uh, and so the establishment of these colleges and universities at least provided basic education and training so that those black youths could become teachers and trademen. Uh, so bam there you go Pennsylvania and Ohio starting out with us being very strong so here's some other facts that you should know about HBCUs so beyond those original ones that we're talking about in Pennsylvania and Ohio uh, largely the first colleges for African Americans were established through the efforts of black churches with the support of the American Missionary Association and the Freedmen's Bureau. The second Morrell Act of 1890 required states, especially former Confederate states, to provide land grants for institutions for black students if admissions were not allowed elsewhere. As a result, many historical black colleges and universities were founded. Okay, here's another fact. Between 1861 and 1900, more than 90 institutions of higher learning were established. You had Shaw University, founded in Raleigh, North Carolina in 1865, was the black college organized after the Civil War. Others included Talladega College, Howard University, Morehouse, and Hapton University. Now, here's the important part. As we've already kind of discussed in it, early HBCUs were uh, were established so you could be training those black youths to be teachers, preachers, and and other types of community members. But there was a shift in the 20th century. We saw a shift that promoted scholarship among African Americans. 
So academic council conferences were founded and founded scholastic journals to showcase black intellectual thought. Such notable figures were W.E.B. Boyce, Ida B. Wells, Booker T. Washington, and Martin Luther King Jr., who all attended historically black colleges. Now, another part of HBCUs was not only the opportunity for an education, but these areas bred and nurtured an environment for cultural identities to be expressed and explored. And so, well, this was basically a means for black culture to grow and flourish. Now today, HBCUs uphold a history of scholarship, especially for African Americans that faced adversity. So these are some things to know. These are kind of the, the, the little known things to know. As many historically black colleges as there were, I just mentioned, right, between the end of the 19th century and, and going toward the mid of the 20th century, majority of the historically black colleges were already founded. That blows your mind, right? That's just crazy to me. And so... This is where we're, we're building the foundation on, historically black colleges. All right, so let's take a turn around and talk about the Divine Nine. The Divine Nine and the National Panhellenic Council. So these are nine historically black Greek letter organizations that make up the National Panhellenic Council, or as we know them, the Divine Nine. Each of these sororities and fraternities are just rich with history they developed a culture and so they're normally tied to HBCUs and so I'm going to give them their shout outs and if you're just happen to be out there and listening go ahead and reply uh, and let me know which sorority fraternity that you are a part of all right here it goes first up Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity founded in 1906 Cornell University up next, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, founded in 1908, Howard University. Then, followed by Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, founded in 1911, Indiana University. Up next, Omega Psi Phi Fraternity, founded in 1911, Howard University. Following them is Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, founded in 1913, Howard University. Up next are the wonderful brothers of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity, founded in 1914, Howard University. And the only constitutionally bound fraternity and sorority, my sisters represent them, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, founded in 1920, Howard University. Up next, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority, founded in 1922, Butler University. And last but not least, Iota Phi Theta Fraternity, founded in 1963, Morgan State University. Now, those are your divine nine. Those are the sororities and fraternities that are part of the National Panhellenic Council. Now, Quick facts, right quick. The National Panhellenic Council was actually founded on May 10, 1930 at Howard University and became incorporated as a body in 1937. These are some little known facts, but what you should know is that 
these organizations are the very culture, the very, I don't know, it, it, they embody some of the very things. And so, of course, with all things, you get stereotypes coming out of each one of these uh, particular organizations. And uh, so I want to, of course, dive into it and give a little bit more about that. Okay, so you're saying, so what? I've got sororities, fraternities, historically black colleges. Why was sitcom so important? Well, in the coming out of the 80s into the 90s, what was really important, and I'm going to mention at least two shows that I'm going to focus on, but I'm going to give special mission to shows. Um, the apparel. The apparel, the mention of higher education, of being educated, of uh, leaving the streets and trying to better oneself through the books, the, the means of education. Um, these black sitcoms focused on trying to educate African Americans. So honorable mentions that I'm, I'm going to mention, I, I, rem I remember these shows very vividly. The sweatshirts, the t-shirts, the, the, the mention, right, of uh, people being in certain sororities or fraternities and, and the sitcoms uh, making fun of the stereotypes of the fraternities and sororities, specifically a lot of the ones I saw uh, out of Omega Sci-Fi. Uh, but the shows I remember that like hard and heavy, the, the actors wore like the Morgan State sweatshirts or the Howard University. Uh, you had Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, especially those first two seasons, uh, first three, excuse me, seasons. It, it was like back to back to back. That's You just had a whole bunch of HBCU representation. Martin was another one. I've kind of already mentioned that. Uh, another one and little known was actually Living Single. And I loved Queen Latifah. She she repped the heck out of HBCUs. Uh, I remember her sweatshirts. I remember her t-shirts. And it was just so dope to see a, a strong female, an entrepreneur, uh, live so knowledgeably um and comfortably with herself um she was another one that talked about education and so those are my honorable mentions now what i really want to focus in on the cosby show and then the transition into a different world so what's important about the both of those shows is that well it was smart enough to give us a spinoff so what the Cosby show was, right? We got to know the Cosby family. We got to know, right, all of them. So what was important was that transition, right? The spinoff of A Different World uh, was following Denise to a fictional college uh, known as Hillman. Uh, it was a black college, fictional historical black college uh, in Virginia, and it's called Hillman. Um, so you got a couple of, you got a few episodes that actually uh, take you to Hillman, uh, this, this fictional college. And you get to start of different world. You get to see Denise uh, start to flourish into her own at a historically black college. Um, what was so revolutionary about a different world was because it, it focused on some very, very difficult topics that were very relatable in the black community, uh, like uh, the, un the civil unrest in the black community, uh, gender roles, sexuality, uh, social economic disparity. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, if Whitley didn't k k kick you off, um, 
there was there was multiple topics talking about these very things drugs uh race uh so a different world was revolutionary just just phenomenal and i think that was one of the shows that sparked a a generation uh, an age of african americans to go to hbcus in the 90s which i think is so important to talk about so important to talk about so let's talk a little bit more about a different world so as i've been kind of saying it was a spinoff from the cosby show it lasted six seasons so we got it from basically 1987 to 1993 and some of the it ran for 144 episodes uh originally on the network of nbc uh so original actresses you had jasmine guy uh kadeem hardison uh daryl bell don lewis lisa bonet chanel brown uh you had uh chris summer uh, who else was on here uh i think uh jada pickett smith was on there for a little bit right um you had Glenn Turman, Lou Myers, uh, Sinbad was on there. Bill Cosby showed up. Uh, Debbie Allen was on the show. Uh, you had uh, Felicia Rashad, who obviously, uh, once you get those uh, cameos, she was on there. Um, I'm trying to think who else showed up. Uh, you had Malcolm Jamal Warner on there as, you know, as Theodore Huxtable. Uh, Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis was on the show, and she was hilarious. Uh, Jennifer Lewis was there. Uh, and you get, again, some big names. <laughs> Patty LaBelle showed up. Uh, just a phenomenal show. Uh, and I like that it tackled some of the, the heaviest hitting things of the day. Um, I do remember that it did tackle the, the civil unrest of the LA riots and that was something I had never seen on television I was like man okay well here we go so what else do we want to know about a different world so what's important is that while the first season was kind of focused on Denise and uh, her you know her ventures into uh, college you actually got to meet some very notable characters so uh, obviously you've got uh, Jasmine Guy as Whitley Gilbert uh, Kadeem Hardison as a math genius Dwayne Wayne uh, and then you've got this crew uh, you got Ron Johnson uh, who is like the best friend of uh, Dwayne Wayne you got Kimberly Reese who's a med student uh, you've got uh, Jalice Vinson uh, who is basically a strong will divorcee uh, and then you round them out with Freddie Brooks and so this is kind of your core cast uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, and you even get some uh, some very notable cameos. Uh, I remember Tisha Campbell was uh, on the show, and she was an HIV positive student uh, known as Josie Campbell. Uh, and I remember this being a, a big thing because uh, Whoopi Goldberg was also you know guest, had a guest spot on the show during that season. Uh, and it, it, that was hitting. Nobody was really talking about that in, uh, in and on television. So I was like, I almost believe that uh, <laughs> Hellman was a real college. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to uh, 
join a sorority. I wanted to go to a historically black college. Uh, I wanted to be educated. That show kind of showed me what it was to be educated and use my education to educate others, to to be comfortable in my own skin. Uh, and while I actually did not go to a historically black college, I ended up at a uh, a very historical school in Texas. Uh, but I did join a sorority. Um, I did get some culture uh, where I grew up and I, I've loved every minute of my life and I have I, I could say you could say what you want about the 90s I've got a lot to think about the 90s and television and and the push for education to read to give to others to give back and so that's what I really want to give back and this one is a renewal of college education um, and and being at the forefront uh, just just be there be there and be in front so that's it this is basically this became a I love a different world uh, moment but that show needed its flowers uh, I praise the HBCUs for continuing to educate us in this new age I of course love the divine nine and representing those lovely wonderful ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated thank you I love you as always I'm sending peace love positivity and good vibes I will catch you next time